In the next hour, we want to put a smile on your face, elevate your endorphins, and bring you happiness. Welcome to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. We spend so much of our lives chasing happiness, it might just be where you least expect it to be. Natalie and her guests are going to show you how and where to find it. And now, your host, Natalie Botros. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host. Welcome to my podcast, Say Yes, Be Happy, where each week I talk with another amazing guest about uh, life something that happens to our life and how to find the silver lining in it, how to find the happy and positive. And this week, we're going to talk about a subject that is really deep. It's, it's, I have this guest who turned all his setbacks into superpowers. And you're going to be really motivated because he really, really, really made me motivate. So let me talk a little bit about my guests. At the age of 24, he was diagnosed with stage 3C testicular cancer. By the age of 25, he was in a two-week non-induced coma where he faced multiple near-death experiences, having to relearn to live his entire life again. Through years of perseverance and hard work, he is now a keynote inspirational speaker and cancer advocate, mentor sharing his message and story to help individuals transform their setbacks into their superpowers. Please meet my guest who transformed his life from survivor to superhero, Matt Ode. Hi, Matt. Hi, thank you so much for having me. What an introduction. And uh, <laughs> just grateful to, you know, get to not just share my story, but more importantly, the, uh, the lessons I learned along my way to your amazing community today. So thank you again, Natalie. I appreciate it. Um, I'm really, really inspired by you and you know like when i our listeners are going to hear your story and when they hear your story i know that they're going to be inspired and they're going to stop complaining it's always i say find the positive in life i think you're the living proof of that so it's going to be really amazing so let's start from the beginning you're a personal trainer you're young you're 24 and then you get the bad news tell us a little bit So um, it's exactly how you said it. Uh, I just started dating my now fiance. Um, I know. Lauren. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, I just proposed on Thursday, so it was great. And she's a massive part of this story. So um, definitely uh, excited to share that part of it. But, uh, you know, at the time we were only dating for two months. And uh, it was, you know, right near when summer was about to end. And I started to have these minor back pains throughout the summer. And, uh, you know, as a 24-year-old, you're healthy all the time. You know, you just shrug it off. You think nothing's going to happen. And uh, one night I actually ended up waking up and ended up puking up blood. I was over at Lauren's house. I got rushed to the emergency room. They did a blood test on me, found out I lost two thirds of the blood circulating in my body, which is actually equivalent to being shot with a gun. I got six bags of blood and I got rushed into an emergency surgery. And the next morning I woke up and uh, my doctor was sitting there with me. He held my hand and he said, Matt, we found an 11 centimeter tumor in your small intestine. We believe it is cancerous. And we have to rush you to the main campus of the Cleveland Clinic immediately. So I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, I'm 29 now. So this all happened about almost exactly five years ago. And, uh, you know, at the time, it was just me and my parents. And uh, I remember looking over at them and I remember seeing them crying. And I remember me knowing that I had to share this news to Lauren, knowing that I had to share this news to friends and family. And I think as a young adult male, especially a male, you women are a lot better at us than, uh, you know, than us, us guys is uh, sharing our emotions. And for me, I know for me, I feel like I need to be this strong individual. And I felt like holding all of it in so that I didn't express with what I was going through was going to be the right route, but all together, it actually created more anxiety, created more depression, created more PTSD, because I truly believe anytime you go through something difficult in life, you don't have to be going on podcasts like me. I did not do that to start. I always say start by sharing with one person and there's two different directions you can go. Start with one person that you know, love and trust. Like for me, it was starting with Lauren, which I'll get to, or start with somebody who you know that can relate to your situation. So for another example, somebody who was a cancer survivor who could feel my emotions and say, hey, listen, I've been there. So those are your two ways when you're opening up, don't be afraid to share with what you're going through because it's, I swear a couple of days later, 
it was like a weight lifted off of my shoulder. I remember Lauren entered the room. My parents did tell her at the time, but I was so nervous because at the time we were only dating for two months and to put that burden on her, you know, if she wanted to leave, I had no, you know, no hard feelings for that. But, you know, she said, you know what, I'm going to stay here every single second. And we just broke down crying. And right then I was able to release a lot of my emotions, release what I was going through. And I think for a lot of us males, if you can just start with one person, it will relieve a lot of your mental health that you're going through the, the mental and emotional trauma. So, you know, yeah. for me, I, you know, when I got rushed to the clinic, um, that's when they did a ton of tests on me. And that's where they found out that I had the highest stage of testicular cancer and it spread all over my body. So I knew right then and there, I went from just the other day being a healthy personal trainer, at least in my mind, a healthy personal trainer yeah. to now fighting for my life, trying to beat the, you know, high stage of testicular cancer. So it was wow. a whirlwind. Yeah. It's, but what is amazing is that like, you don't think, damn, <laughs> I have cancer. You think how I'm going to tell this to people. It's like, it, it's quite interesting how the, you know, the mental works in those situations, how we react. You, you, you wanted to reconfort people around you basically instead of yourself. <laughs> And I'm sure the news were devastating for you as well. But this was your way of little coping and then finding, you know, how I can make everyone happy and then I can make myself happy and then go through this experience. So you go, you get the, the whole news. Everybody knows you told to your friends. And how was it? I mean, I'm sure you, you got a lot of support around you. And, and then what happened? And then you had the really, like, went really low, low, low. So first I had chemotherapy and then all the complications happened. But I'll tell you right now, yeah. the three biggest things that have helped me through this entire journey was number one, my faith, number two, my support system, and number three, my mindset. And I'll talk about mindset a little bit. I have a favorite saying that I always tell people. And yes, I did not have this right in the beginning of, of you know, being diagnosed with cancer. But along my journey, I um, built it I up. Guess, yeah, I gathered this along the way. And it is everything in life happens for you, not to you. And let me explain it. Let me explain it. What it means is you are going to, no matter who you are, whether it's financially, whether it's a relationship, whether it's health, you are going to get unfair, unexpected news in your life. But are you going to look at it as why is this happening to me? Meaning making excuses, blaming other people, blaming God if you know if you believe that route or whatever it is and, and have this victim mindset. Or are you going to take the same situation and say, how is this happening for me? I know it's unfair. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to be upset at it, but we can't live in that situation. How am I going to learn from this? Because your greatest, your greatest lessons come from your failures. Your greatest lessons come from the greatest adversity you ever go through in life. So how are you going to become a better version of yourself? And then more importantly, how are you going to use that experience to impact others? You want true happiness, you want true fulfillment, and it's going to take a while, but you want true happiness and fulfillment in your life. Take something that you've gone through that's meaningful to you or something that you're passionate about and give it back to the world. That's going to be true purpose and meaning in your life. And um, so for me, obviously, that didn't just happen right away. So I was on, um, right away, they put me on chemotherapy and uh, the chemotherapy they put, on, put me on was called BEP. It's just very intense, um, potent chemotherapy. You know, I lost my hair within... Uh, two weeks. Um, <clears throat> really sad stories. I lost my three-year-old puppy who was diagnosed with cancer directly in the middle of my chemotherapy. Absolutely oh. destroyed me mentally and uh, went into this why me mindset. Um, I didn't want to go to chemo for a while, all of these things. And that's where I think the first glimpse of like, listen, at the end of the day, I'm going to tell everybody here, nobody is here to save you, but yourself. When you are in a difficult situation, people can help you but at the end of the day, the only person that's going to truly make that decision to change the direction of their life, to change where you need to go is you. And that's what I told myself. I said, listen, nobody's here to save me. I need to pick myself back up, push myself forward. I am beaten up. I just lost my best friend, I feel like. And now I have to pick myself up. So I used Lauren. I used my parents and I used my mindset and my determination to keep going forward. And eventually I finished chemotherapy. So that that was the first section of, um, you know, the kind of difficult moments. But when the real complication came into play was after chemotherapy, <clears throat> I ended up sitting down with my oncologist and he says, Matt, we have good news and we have bad news. Good news. Your tumor is shrunk from 11 centimeters to three centimeters. I'm like, awesome. You know, the, the tumor is shrinking and the cancer is diminishing. 
said, but the bad news is it's wrapped around what's called your inferior vena cava. Now your inferior Which vena is, cava, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a, a central vein that goes from the bottom of your upper body to your heart. So we're going to have to have an 11 hour surgery. We're going to have to have four different surgeons involved and we have no idea what the complications are going to entail. So I don't know if you have any questions yet, but I can keep going if you want. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm listening. Well, we'll, we'll get, yeah, finish and the surgery. And then I have my questions. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. I'll, I'll finish the sur- the first surgery, the first exactly. of five. So the first surgery I get done, it's 11 hour surgery. I go into that surgery, lost about 40 to 45 pounds. So I'm about 145 pounds. I was a 185 pound personal trainer just about four months ago. Coming out of that surgery, I was close to 200 pounds. So what had happened was my body just swelled up like a balloon. So they cut me open from my left hip to my right hip. They got out all of the cancer and they had to remove the um, vena cava, but my body went to what's called compartment syndrome. So parts of my body started shutting down. Um, Things started swelling up to kind of just protect myself. And I remember waking up three days later in the ICU and I remember asking my, my surgeon, I said, is this normal? And he said, no, it's not obviously normal, but we have a draining tube and you should be okay. So a week goes by, um, the fluid's draining from my stomach. I'm doing it pretty well. I get out of the hospital, literally four or five days later out of that hospital, the draining just stops just like that. And in a matter of an hour, I'm in so much pain. They had me on Oxycontin, Percocet, everything. I get rushed back to the emergency room. They put me in emergency uh, or into an ambulance. I get rushed off to the clinic and they end up having to drain seven liters of fluid out of my stomach, causing me to go into complete kidney and liver failure. I had a cone drilled inside of my head because they thought I was going to have potential brain swelling. I had a catheter in my chest. I had a catheter in my neck to, um, you know, because they thought I was going to be on dialysis the rest of my life. And I fell into a two week non-induced coma. And, um, you know, a really powerful story. If it's okay, I don't push faith on anybody, but if it's okay to share like a, a, of a course, story of it. Of course, okay. like you have to, so, yeah, I was like, my question is about during your non-induced coma. Like, did you, you know, what happened? Really powerful story. Yeah. So my mom's Christian and, you know, I'm Christian. And uh, so what she did is she held three prayer services at our local church where hundreds of people locally would come. And what I was told, thousands around the world, like they had people all around the world praying for me. And then you had Lauren and my, t- and my parents, the only three people that were in the ICU at that time. And they never left that room. And Lauren, every day, she would come up to me, hold my hand and just pray. Pray to God for healing. Pray to God for me to wake up. And I kid you not, on the third, very last prayer service, directly in the middle, as people were praying for me at church around the world, and Lauren was holding my hand, praying for me, was the exact moment I woke up from my coma. She rushed over to the, the uh, surgeons. They didn't believe her. They came running in. The nurses come running in, and they see that my eyes are starting to kind of open, and my fingers are starting to, to wiggle. And... Uh, for me, that was a sign of God saying, this is not the end of your journey, Matt. This is just the beginning. And I want, I want to really quickly, you know, before we you know, go on to the next part, um, talk about rock bottom, rock bottom situations. Anybody listening right now who feels like they are in a rock bottom situation that they cannot get out of, they feel so stuck. I want to let you know that being in rock bottom is actually one of the greatest places you could be. And here's why. Yeah, it's, it's basically allowing you to say, hey, listen, this is a completely new chapter of my life. The only place I can go from here is up. It's like a brand new start. It's a brand new beginning to probably a direction of where you've been meaning to go your whole life, but you needed to go through all the failures, the adversity, the lessons to get there. And for me, obviously, I wish I never had to do that, but it gave me a new direction in life. And I want to let every one of you know that that's what it could be right now. If you're struggling, if you are in a lot of pain, this actually might be a new chapter to, to directing you to where you need to go. So, yeah. I mean, I always, always say to my listeners, to my, you know, my clients, you cannot prevent what's going to happen to you, illness or event or nothing. But what you can do, it's like how you're going to react to it. So you have that power and you it was your mindset that like, you know, that positivity thinking, okay, either I'm going to be a victim 
or I'm going to fight for this. That really, really helped you. And I think that's a very important lesson. And then talking about rock bottoms, I always say, if you're rock bottom, there's only one way up. You cannot go lower. You've seen the worst. Now you, you're open. You can be open to see the best. So it's like, it's a really, as you, I like how you put it also as a new chapter. <laughs> it's yes. really, really great. Yeah. I so, love that. <laughs> so you are all that was like after your coma and then you had other surgeries as well to be able to I mean it didn't end so all this is like in, in how long like what's the time period so it, it, about two months this is it just two months from my surgery yeah. to, well I'll tell you from the coma part is only like three weeks but from everything else I'm about to tell you was about a two-month period um, that everything happened so you know, as soon as I got out of my coma, a week after my coma, I'm still, I, I'm still bedridden. I can't do anything, but they take a breathing tube. I had a breathing tube in my mouth too, of course, so they can control the breathing. So they take that out and then they go to take out one of the catheters in my neck because they start to see that I'm making some progress. And as they do so, I have what's called an air rhythm heartbeat. It's like a 0.001% chance of this happening. I end up going into cardiac arrest. They have to do eight minutes of CPR on me and I fall back into another one week coma. Now I'm in the ICU for close to a month at this point. I wake up. And when I wake up this time, I vaguely know what's going on. Like, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I try to move and I can't even, I can't move anything. I can't move my feet. I can't move my hands. And, uh, literally for like a day, it almost seemed like I was paralyzed, but I wasn't, it was just, my body was so weak. But for two weeks, for two weeks in the ICU from laying in my bed, to taking my very first steps again was a two week process with four nurses every day helping me to do this. And, um, you know, at this point I'm now four surgeries in. So all that fluid that they had to drain from my stomach, it, it, it was a three surgery process. So they didn't do it all at once, but they had to work through it. So I've had four surgeries already. Finally, I'm making progress. I get out of the ICU. I'm in a recovery room. Three days into the recovery room, they're like, we are, you have about maybe four or five days left and we're getting you out of this hospital. I'm like, heck yeah. As they wheel me off to my final stages of physical therapy, my stitches burst open. I get rushed into a fifth major surgery. They have to do what's called an open wound surgery on me. So they can't even close my stitches back up because they'd done too many surgeries on my stomach already. So they had to leave the big mesh over my stomach. They had to take out all of my abdominals and I fell back into the ICU um, the next day. Wow. And, uh, like I said, uh, if I wasn't in rock bottom, then I sure as heck was in rock bottom now. And, (laughs) uh, you know, this was a very big life changing moment for me though. So I remember waking up and I had my hands tied to the bed because they didn't want me touching my stomach and I had a breathing tube in my mouth. And for two days, two days, they didn't know that I was like strong enough to take the breathing tube out. So I was there sitting there just sitting there with nobody that I could call to, to tell them that I was awake, like fully awake and ready to, you know, talk or do whatever I needed to. And I had to sit there and pray for two days. And um, what I came to the conclusion of is, you know, not right at that moment, but now is, is I look at life as like a slingshot, you know, and how I look at it that way is every setback I had was just more resistance, more resistance, And if you know, if you just never give up on yourself, especially when you're in rock bottom, you have two options. You either give up on your life, you give up on everything, or you, you know, you go ahead. And I looked at it as a slingshot. It's saying every time I went through a setback, it was just more lessons, more growth, more growth. And one of those days, that slingshot's going to go. And when it goes, you'll be amazed at the opportunities you have, the breakthroughs you make in your life. All of those things are, all those setbacks are setting you up for something so much greater in your life. And that's what I told myself, you know, in the moment, it wasn't like that exact analogy. It was more just like, I'm going to push myself through this and I'm, I'm done. Like, this is my last like setback of for a while. And it was, you know, I, I got myself up off of that bed eventually. And I walked further that day, the very first time I got to walk in further than I ever did previous to the recovery room to the ICU room. And within four or five days, I was, um, you know, finally, out of the uh, ICU and within, I think it was 50, 50 plus days for sure um, in the hospital, 40 plus days in the ICU room, I finally was released from the Cleveland Clinic. And here's a really cool story. I met Lauren 
on March 17th of 2016. I was released after, I believe it was 53 days, after 53 days in the hospital on March 17th of 2017. And for me, it was not a coincidence. It wasn't just like, you know, oh, it was just a random day. No, it was St. Patrick's Day. It was our lucky day. And it was meaningful. And to me, it was God saying, I'm putting somebody in your life for you so that, you know, when you go through difficult times, you have that person there. My parents were, were the, you know, those people as well. But I want to ask somebody real quick, who is that person in your life that you know, when things are not going your way, they are still going to be right there by your side? Because a lot of the times we take that person for granted and I do the same. I've done it too. So if you yeah. can recognize that person, shoot them a text, give them a call. If you live with them, tell them how much you actually appreciate them in your life because not only is it going to make your day better, it'll make their day so much better as well. Yeah. So it's true. It's like, you know, it doesn't cost, it's like, it's just a text, just show them your appreciation. It makes sense. During this whole period, I mean, now, of course, like now you're in this mindset of survivor, superhero. Did you ever want to give up? Like, did you have moments where you were like solo that you said, this is it, I cannot continue? Yeah. Um, it was actually right after I was released from the hospital. Uh, oh. so I stopped having the accountability of my nurses every day. I stopped having the accountability of doctors every day. And before I knew it, I was right back into that victim mindset, right back into that why me mentality. And I was ready to give up on myself. And guess what? A week later, I was back into the, the, uh, ICU room because I had a, a standing heart rate of 150 beats a minute my blood pressure was through the roof and I had a temperature of over 104 degrees. And it was because I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't doing the things I needed to. And quickly after a week in, you know, a couple of days in the ICU and a week in the hospital, when I finally got home, me and Lauren, we sat down. She shake you. <laughs> she yeah, shook you. She, you know, yeah, she basically said, listen, like it was her and me. And we basically came to the conclusion of if I do not change my life around tomorrow, or today, then, then honestly, I may not be here next month. And that was a hard, rational, you know, that, that's what I had to, you know, come to the realization of. And so here's what I did. The next day, I literally took a 180. And I said, what is one thing that I can focus on today? How can I win the day? And you know what I did? I picked up a five pound dumbbell, and I started doing bicep curls. You know, what I did the next day, the same thing. And then a really cool story is I'd have lawn chairs in my driveway, about 20 meters apart. And I'd walk to that lawn chair, sit down, walk back. You know what I do the next day? I'd move it to about 22 meters and then I moved 25. It's all progression. I started eating healthier. And before I knew it, winning the day turned to winning the week, winning the weeks turned to winning the months, winning the months turned to winning the year. We all want instant gratification. We all want things now, but you have to look at the bigger picture and then look at just small victories along the way. We want that big destination, but little do we know that we need to have a lot of small things in between that most people aren't willing to do to get to that destination. And that's what I was willing to do. And, um, you know, eventually I started gaining my weight back and, you know, uh, you know, I have a lot of stories, but I'll just share another one. <laughs> another cool story. You know, maybe we, we will talk about that after the break because we're going to take Good. a short break. Yeah. Yes. Listeners, we're talking with Matt Ode, who defied death and cancer and who is a survivor. He's a superhero and he made it happen. And then like he was really at the rock, rock bottom and he just went up <laughs> because he knew that was the only way up. Um, we're going to take a short break right now and we'll, we'll see you just after. Bye for now. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is something missing from your life and you can't define what it is? Are you someone who seems to have it all, yet are missing the most important thing, to be happy? 
The Hungry for Happy online course may just be what you need now. Natalie Botros has created this course for you to find happiness, regardless of your body issues and or relationship status. Take the online questionnaire now to find out if this is a good match for you at thebond-vivantgirl.com and click Happiness Course. Whatever your budget, Natalie the Happiness Fairy has set up plans to help everyone find their happiness. Get a preview of the curriculum before you take the happiness plunge. Visit the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. In Natalie's own words, What do you have to lose? Say yes. Be happy. The Hungry for Happy online course is waiting for you now at the bond-vivantgirl.com. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. To reach our show today, we invite you to phone in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to bvg at thebond-vivantgirl.com. Now, back to Say Yes, Be Happy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host, and we're talking with Matt Ode, who who defied cancer and death, and he changed his title from survivor to superhero. Just before the break, we were talking about all the, how everything happened and all the struggles that he had. And now we want to talk about becoming a superhero. <laughs> Tell us a little about, so you're out of the hospital and then you start working out. You start doing day after day your workout and like every day a little bit more and getting a little bit better. better. I know that all during all this uh, story that you had you were like supported by your parents by lauren your girlfriend who's your fiance right now mm-hmm. so how was your your other i mean like your other relationship have they been affected or like tell us a little, a little bit about that yeah so um you know i had incredible support throughout cancer i'm not gonna lie i had amazing friends I had amazing family and, and if you want me to backtrack i'll actually show a really cool i don't share too much but i'll share a really cool story with you um and you know, when I was first going through chemotherapy, um, when I was first diagnosed, I, you know, lost all my hair within two weeks, but I had this like really dirty mustache that I just said, you know what, this is the only piece of hair I have left on me. I'm keeping it. And literally all of my guy friends and dads said, you know what, we're going to show as much love and support as we can. So they all grew mustaches throughout all of my chemotherapy. And, uh, when I was finished, my dad said, hey, we're going to host an event to celebrate Matt's chemotherapy. It was on, um, so in the U.S., we celebrate Thanksgiving, and it was, uh, it, it was in November, so it was cold. It was uh, a Thanksgiving morning, and our city does a 5 and 10K run. And, um, you know, we said, okay, we're just going to get, you know, maybe 30, 40, 50 people to come to this and just show the support for Matt. We get there, and I have over 400 people show up at, like, 6.30 in the morning, I had like 32 degree weather all here to support me. And we ended up calling the event mustaches for Matt. <laughs> that's and amazing. That, yeah. And that's why we called it mustaches for Matt was because of that whole, uh, you know, journey. And to this day, um, you know, the past three years we've done the same event. And now since COVID, unfortunately, I was actually going to host my own race where all proceeds were going to go to young adult uh, cancer organization had to move it to now this upcoming spring. So it took, unfortunately, two extra years. And, but it's, uh, it's a passion of mine. It's something that I really want to help people with. And um, I think it's for an amazing cause to really help those young adults. Because I think at the end of the day, um, not that young adults get you know, put under the rug when it comes to cancer, but it's more, it's just you don't think they're going to get it. And it's just not as common. You see a lot more younger children or you see a lot more older, you know, um, individuals, but not us young adults. So I want to bring more attention 
more awareness to that. And that's, uh, that's one of the ways I'm going to do it. So I wanted to share that story before we get going. So that, that just goes to show though, the incredible support that I've had along the way. So I have lo- I had a lot of support, but I'm going to tell you where I lost a little bit and it really hurt me. It really did hurt me, but I'll get to that in a little bit. So, you know, um, just like you said, you know, for anybody out there on their own journey right now, just remember, you know, it takes, it takes one small step a day. And here's what I, here's what I say about it. By you doing one thing a day and staying consistent with it, guess what that does? It creates momentum into your life. And when you can create momentum into your life, guess what that ultimately builds inside of you? It builds confidence. It builds so much confidence that you say, I can do this. And then guess what that confidence leads to? It leads to rituals and routines. And what a ritual and routine is, is when you wake up, even if you don't want to do it, but you know it's going to benefit you, you are just going to get up and go and do it. And that, that takes, it could take months to get to that part, but it starts with winning the day, building momentum, building confidence into your life, and then creating rituals and routine. And I was going to share a really cool story. So I'll share a cool story that's kind of a little off track, but about five months in, I gained about 30 pounds. I was feeling good. I could walk now, like, I don't know, a quarter of a mile without having to take a break. I was doing good. Like I was feeling really good about myself. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go after I visit my oncologist because I had to get, you know, monthly checkups. I'm going to go to my ICU nurses and I'm going to show them how well I'm doing. And I mean, I knew they'd all remember me. So I get there and the very first nurse that I see is the nurse who saved my life when I went to cardiac arrest. He comes over, he starts crying, he starts hugging me. He looks at me, he says, Matt, this is my very last day in the ICU room. And I wasn't even supposed to be working today. I got called in for an emergency shift and now I'm here talking to you. And I swear we still have each other's numbers. We still have each other's social media. We still keep in track. And I truly, once again, people being brought into your life for a reason. Don't ever underestimate that. So um, going along with my journey though, yes, it took a full year. Remember how I said I had a big massive wound on my stomach? It took a full year for my skin to heal. So that was through eating the right foods, making sure that I'm you know, getting in exercise of some sort that's not going to aggravate it, but just getting in exercise and making sure I'm taking care of, you know, of the dressing and the wound of it. So that took a full year. And then another year goes by. And that is when I said, you know what? I've gained a lot of my weight back. I've gained the mental and emotional, um, you know, strength inside of me, because I'm going to tell you right now, it started right here and right in here my heart and in my mind in order to get to where I need to be. So I had to take care of my mental, emotional, physical health. And uh, that's when after about two years, I said, I didn't go through all of this. And I think a lot of you can attest for going through, you know, challenging moments in your life. You don't go through all these challenging moments to just go back to your old self. You have to get better. Yeah, exactly. And this is where it got challenging. This is where, a lot of my loved ones and friends, not a lot, but a few, enough to hurt me, questioned me. Started asking Matt, why aren't you just being the same person you were before? Why aren't you just going back to your normal job? Why are you putting yourself more pressure onto yourself to try and do something bigger with your life? I'm going to tell you right now, when you try to do something bigger with your life, that, and that is the moment that you are going to get the most criticism in your life in the very beginning. Because people, I don't want to sound terrible, but people... Most of my friends supported me, but the small percentage, I think, had so much insecurity in their life that they could just never see themselves doing something bigger than what they're doing right now. And they had to project that into, you know, onto me to make, I don't know, make themselves feel better. I have no idea, but it really hurt. And, um, but I said, you know what? At the end of the day, I need to surround myself with people who are going to uplift me. And I kind of let go of those people for a while in my life. And I said, who do I need to surround myself with? Who's already either at the destination I want to be at yeah. or is going to that destination. It's yeah. I, it's a good story, but um, let's talk about you're going back. You're telling me the whole story, reliving, you know, like retelling this whole story because like, I see that you're saying it. Because now, like you're you're a speaker, so you 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 tell the story. But re- do you relive? Like, is it hard for you to relive all these moments, or it's like making you more and more powerful? Is it you know like 
is it your kryptonite <laughs> or it's like what gives you you know like the really my superpower exactly you know? it's like is yeah. it your fuel to get the superpower i want to tell everybody your story when you can get over the emotional connection of the story this and i'll tell you how i did it your story is your superpower it is what is going to ultimately impact and attract the right people into your life and and this is how i had to do it it's actually perfect, you know, transition. So I had to, um, I actually, how I did it was I started off by looking at motivational videos. I started yeah. watching you know, entrepreneurs and all of a sudden I came to this man named Ed Milet. He's a very motivational, he's a motivational speaker. He's an incredible entrepreneur. And he had this podcast called broke to 400 million. And I was like, okay, it catches my attention, whatever. Watch the video. And it's almost nothing about money. And it's all about the struggles, the adversity, the pain he went through. And instantly I said, wow, he transformed all of his setbacks into his superpowers. How the heck do I do that? And I started following him and I started saying, how do I get closer to him? And he started this uh, mastermind. It was yeah. called Arte Syndicate, Arte Accelerator. So I joined that and I was, Natalie, I was deathly afraid to share my story for a lot of reasons. Deathly afraid because I'd get PTSD, deathly afraid because I thought people would judge me, deathly afraid of all of this self-doubt that I had in my life as well. But the second I got myself the courage to share to one person, they're like, whoa, <laughs> he went through all of that. And I was like, I didn't, I just didn't know it was that big of a deal. And they're like, you need to start sharing more of this. So I started sharing more to the group, more to those people that would, were like, I told you on a similar path as me. And they're like, you need to become either a speaker or something where you get your story out there. And the more and more I shared it, the more I started focusing on others instead of myself. Here's, here's where you ask, how do you do, how does it, you know, get the emotional connection away from you? Focus on serving others. I started looking at my story as lessons, started looking at my story as how do I impact other people instead yeah. of, oh my gosh, can this happen to me again? Oh my gosh, I have a scan coming up. Oh my gosh, yeah. like I can't relive this moment. I can relive any moment I want right now because I don't have an emotional attachment to it because I figured that there's somebody out there that needs to hear my message that I can help. And yes, it took a lot of faith believing that God can help me through this, a lot of support and it takes time and it takes repetition. Of course. Anything. Yeah. Repetition after repetition. And that's why now I can come on here. I don't need any notes. I don't need anything. I can just go in and it's like clockwork. I can share my story. It was like the beginning one day at a time, building momentum, building confidence. Now it's a ritual and routine. So that's how I did it. I became a speaker. I was able to get on a couple of live stages before COVID hit. Unfortunately, COVID hit. So then I started to do incredible, incredible podcasts like this and getting on live or online, um, smaller, you know, stages. And, uh, you know, then it transitioned into more mentoring. And I said, you know, how do I basically, I said, you know what, like speaking right now is great, but I, I need to do more with it. And, uh, it was like a gift to me saying, okay, what's that next level? And it was, and ended up being mentoring. And, uh, that's when I really got into the cancer space. And eventually yeah. I started with doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with survivors and patients, but I knew that I could build a way more powerful and impactful community. And it took me three months to have the courage to even do this, but I eventually started my own Facebook group and, uh, it was all for cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers. And, you know, we started, I started in October of 2020. So about eight months ago, nine months, and, um, you know, it started off with 50 to a hundred people, yeah. another month goes by a couple hundred people, but all of a sudden, as I started to dive into the communities more, I started to really, um, use my story as leverage to influence these people. Next thing, you know, we had a thousand, next thing, you know, we had 2000 members. Next That's thing, you know, amazing. we have 4,000 members. Now we're hitting almost 5,000 members in less than nine months in this group. And it is the most supportive group I've ever been a part of in my entire life. Because what I did with it was I didn't say this is just another support group. This is a group where we take action. You want change in your life? You better be willing to take action. Getting, getting dirty, getting messy. And I like to say imperfect action, meaning action with failure along the way. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worthwhile. And yeah. I jump in the group every day whether I'm posting in there, whether I'm commenting on everybody's different, I comment on everybody's posts or I like everybody's posts because I want to be that person that people can, if they need help, 
I can be that person that is there for them. And literally right after this podcast, I'm jumping on a call with a, a cancer survivor to, um, to help him through his health and nutrition. Yeah. So, so what is this, this Facebook groups we can share with our listeners? Yeah. So, <laughs> what is the name? <laughs> yes. It's called cancer patient slash survivor. Okay. Taking back your life from cancer. Okay. And I can put the link in there if you'd like me to, but in the, in the, in a chat or just send it to you, but we, we will put it on Facebook because uh, we, we will put it on Facebook. So everybody will have it. So all with all those people in this group, do you see similarities or like, do you see like everybody react? Obviously everybody reacts differently, but did you, did you relive some moments? Did you like rediscover more about yourself? Thanks to this group. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like I'm more of a student now than I am even a, a mentor in this group because they're, talk about stories, you know, and it's sad. I wish I never had to create this group. It's a group I wish I never had to create, but it's a group that I think we all needed. And um, I go through all the comments and I read people's advice. I read people's, um, you know, pains and struggles and I feel for them, but at the end of the day, I try my best not to let their their stuff emotionally affect me. You cannot, otherwise, you will carry all those pain exactly. on your shoulders. You have it's to not, you have to help them, you know, like motivate them the way you do, inspire them. But you really cannot, I think. So it's it's normal. Don't feel guilty. <laughs> I will say this is I am very vulnerable because I truly do believe the more vulnerable we are the more we're really authentically ourselves, um, the more people can relate to us. So I'm never, I never put on a front that I'm not. I just, like you said, I'm, I want to help these people as best I can. And it's not always, sometimes it's not always just positivity because in this group, there's a lot of challenging, difficult things that go on. And sometimes it's just being there for that person. I want to tell people who are going through tough times right now that it is okay to be upset. It is okay to be angry. It is okay to have stress in that situation. But like, I, I believe I said this before is you cannot live in that situation. If you live in it and you let it become, you know, the victim mentality and you let it define you, that's where true emotional and mental trauma happens in your life. True anxiety, true depression, where you have to really work to get out of these situations and yes it's easier said than done but you number one your faith number two surround yourself with the right people and number three keep the promises you make to yourself day in and day out meaning when you say you're going to go and do something stop making the excuse and go do it because that is what's going to ultimately allow you to build the confidence you need in your life exactly i mean your your experience is like really cancer but with anything that we experience any difficulty that we have in our life we can use those tools and just survive it <laughs> and then like make it you know like as you say turn our setbacks into superpowers basically it's like it's really a good lesson and i know that now you're you're better actually it's been four years that you're cancer free right it's like your your mission is complete do you have any any uh, side effects that from the experience do you have anything besides your big scar obviously yeah i, I really as crazy as it sounds i'm not on any medication um i do have a slightly high blood pressure um but to be honest it came down to i think my health background eating the right foods every day taking care of your body making sure that you do the little things that most people aren't so that years down the road, you don't have these side effects. I don't want to have, you know, all of this crazy nonsense, you know, by the time I'm 50 or 60, where I have to be on all this medication or majority of my time spent in a hospital. So for me, like you said, my biggest complication is no doubt my stomach. So, you know, anything you do physically, you're using your core, you know, you use your abs, you use yeah. your core to swim, to do all these things. I don't have that anymore. So it's challenging for me to do things, but I have... I lift six days a week. I walk three to four days a week and um, I'll, you know, I'll do as much activity as I can. Running is difficult for me um, just because of the, my stomach and a couple of other things. But I, I tell people all the time, don't hurt yourself, but don't put, don't put limitations on yourself. Just go and try it. You know, I mean, don't be stupid about it, but it gives something a shot. If you truly believe that you can go out and give it a shot, 
one of my friends, he has no legs and no arms. And I've seen him out on a boat skiing. Like, you know, those uh, wakeboards that you see yeah. him doing that before. Talk about no limitations on your life. Like there's just so many, there's so many things that your mind can either be the best thing or the worst thing that's ever happened for you. And, you know, if you use your mind to saying, Hey, listen, I'm just going to give it a shot and, and see what happens. You'll be amazed at what you can accomplish in life. So don't let those things make you a victim. Just work through and try. You have nothing to lose. I always say, if you don't lose, try, you lose anyway. So why not try? And then have the chance to, to, to succeed, basically. Yeah. So with all this experience, if, what is the most important lesson that you can give to others that you learned through this whole I'll give experience? Two lessons. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give two lessons. Number one is an acronym um, that I learned and is by a guy named Jim Quick. And the acronym is HOPE. And it is help one person every day. And this is for after cancer. I'll tell one for cancer as well. So after cancer was help one person every day. And it basically to me is the power of helping one person. Don't ever underestimate the power of helping one person. What I mean by that is by you giving value by you helping that person, they will take your knowledge and share it with three, four, five other people. By the time you've helped 10 people, there's a good chance you probably actually helped around 100 people. By the time you've helped 100, there's probably a good chance you've helped about 1,000. So my point is, is hope. Give hope to somebody by helping one person every day. And a lot of the times we get so upset, we get so caught up in ourselves, and we get so down on ourselves because we don't think we're doing enough throughout the day. But if you can look back and say, hey, did I help one person today? Did I give value to somebody? That should be a win in your book. So stop being so hard on yourself. You know, be, I would say it this way, be proud, but never satisfied. It's a, it's a famous quote I've, I've heard from, you know, one of uh, my famous fitness guys, be proud of where you're at, but just never be satisfied. So meaning don't get so hard on yourself, but just make sure you keep progressing every day. Because the second you stop progressing is in my opinion, the second you slowly start to die. And, um, so that's what I would say is hope, help one person every day. And it is just one of my favorite acronyms. So that's my first one. Number two, great. what um, what's really, I would say from a cancer standpoint is, it's going to sound cliche, but stop trying to fight everything alone. You, you cannot do that. You have to ask for help. I, I, I cannot explain this enough in any part of your journey, actually, of, of whatever you're going through. You aren't going to get to your destination by yourself. You just aren't. And if you do, you probably let a lot of people down by just eliminating them all in your life. And I wouldn't want that to happen to you. So I'm saying ask for help, ask for guidance. It's going to get you there quicker. You're going to learn a lot more and use your faith too, just to push you forward on the days. Because when you start off in your journey, because when I first started off in my journey of saying, I want to be a motivational speaker and all this, it was so lonely. Nobody understood me. So I had to just be me and God. That was it. And I had to say, God, I trust you because you're putting it in my heart. Because at the end of the day, it's actually your heart that's going to push you forward. Your heart, when you have that gut feeling, when you get those chills, you better not like just shrug it off. You better pay very close attention to how you're feeling in those emotions. Because mm -hmm. every time I get chills, every time I have this gut-wrenching feeling in here, it's the most scary thing. It's the most fearful thing. But it's also when I go and take that action. It's also the biggest breakthrough and it's also the most successful thing I've ever done. So that's what I would tell people. Yeah. Support system is really, really important. It can be your community. It can be your family. Like for you, it could be family and girlfriend. It, it, you have to find someone. And I, I really believe that you have to find someone who keeps you accountable every day. And as a coach, coaches have coaches. Psychotherapists have psychotherapists. You know, we need to have someone to whom we can share our problems as well. So it's like, it, there is no, it's not bad to ask for help. It's actually very empowering. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Did you, do you have any memorable moment where you pull out the cancer card? Oh man. Uh, gosh, that's a great question. Did I ever <laughs> really pull out the cancer card? Well, I did use the handicap spot a lot, but it was because I needed to. It really was. I actually got something, but huh? 
Um, Not really. Knowing, I mean, like, like I, I started to I, know you. I don't think so. <laughs> I would think the only, yeah, I know. I try so hard. Like, I'm that person that's like, I want to do this by myself. Um, maybe my girlfriend, like, I would have her um, cook for you, <laughs> serve you. Knows, like, doesn't even cook. Oh my gosh, I'm the funny story. I know. Oh my god, I never said that she'd hate me, yeah. but whatever. I'm gonna share it anyways. <laughs> I, first, yeah, quickly, time, yeah, tell us. <laughs> she goes on this week vacation. I'm not week. Sorry, she goes on this month business trip to New Jersey, and she's in this hotel. And this how this is how bad she is. She goes to cook the toast. burns it so bad that the whole entire like place goes into flames and the whole like hotel that she's in everyone had to like evacuate everything that is like her like cooking cooking. (laughs) so it's uh yeah so you didn't ask that she did like i asked her for like back massages and like always like hey can you get this for me or can you get this for me so it was a little things but I, i never really we always joke and say, oh, you know, we're going to get VIP into here. Um, You know, really cool thing. My friend actually uh, got me to um, backstage. So like WWE, I I assume you kind of know what that is, like wrestling, entertainment. So um, my friend at the time I was, you know, I liked that stuff. And and my friend, when I was going through cancer, he got me VIP backstage where I got to meet some of the people and stuff like that. That was really cool. That was kind of an experience. We're almost at the end of the show. I want to just before saying goodbye to you and thank you, just know how people can find you. Yeah. You have your website, Mateo. Well, well, tell us your Odyssey website. Com. Excuse so, me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's speaks.com And what you can do, I would recommend you just go there and you can, I have all of my uh, social media links on there. I have Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Perfect. YouTube, and um and uh, instagram really cool thing me and my girlfriend which we're going to start doing again we started a channel on youtube called dating after diagnosis and it's all about both of our journeys throughout cancer so that is if you ever want to check out some episodes we did about six or seven and then we kind of stopped but we're going to get back into it that's a really cool uh thing so you that's great my website and then perfect uh, yeah, yeah so that's good that's great so i will put all the links for your listeners contact him follow his story, get on his Facebook page and be inspired by Matt. And we're going to say bye to Matt and I'm going to tell everyone goodbye as well. Don't forget to rate my on Apple Podcasts my, my show, show me some love. And next week, we're going to talk about getting rid of sugar addiction. Bye for now and have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. Please join Natalie Botros for another show next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to this program again or any of our past episodes on demand and on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, keep saying yes and find your happiness. 